Hello and welcome to another episode of Attired Grad Student Study Psychology. My name is Nick and I am a second year grad student who is studying clinical counseling and psychology. And I am using this podcast as a way for me to study for a test that I have at the end of the summer. Normally as I study for classical conditioning, it is a precursor to what we know as behaviorism, which we'll talk about in the next episode. But uh, it's really interesting. Um, We get to learn about dogs, Russians, and all that. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Today we're going to talk about Ivan Pavlov. Ivan Pavlov was a Russian scientist who studied physiology, and he was never actually a psychologist. His first studies were on the um, way that eating affected gastric and salivary secretions, and that is a fun way to, to say he studied dog drool. He noticed something very odd, though. He noticed that the dogs would start salivating for their food before it was ever in sight or before even they could smell it. So Ivan Pavlov noticed this and he was intrigued by it. But it's worth mentioning too that after he won his Nobel Peace Prize for physiology, he, he says something really interesting that's worth noting. He said, quote, essentially only one thing in life is of real interest to us, our psychical experience. Its mechanism, however, was and still is shrouded in profound obscurity. All human resources, art, religion, literature, philosophy, and the historical sciences all have joined in the attempt to throw light upon this darkness. But humanity has at its disposal yet another powerful resource, natural science with its strict objective methods. So Ivan Pavlov was really the first person, one of the first people to suggest that we should apply the scientific method on psychology. Remember, until this time, psychology was very subjective. It was the psychologist's job to analyze the patient and infer what their problem was. Uh, And now we have someone advocating for the scientific method to be used on the psychical or psychical uh, experience, which is, you know, which is something we use today uh, and is all things to Pavlov. And around the early 1900s, Pavlov turned his focus from uh, dog drool to dog drool and behavior. <laughs> he, he called it the conditional reflexes. And he found that after repeated associations, dogs will begin to salivate to a different stimulus rather than the food itself. So rather than seeing the food or smelling food, he could condition a dog to salivate at something entirely different. His scientific question or his uh, experimental question was, how can these behaviors be learned? How can salivating at food without the sight or the smell of it really um, be acquired. He later started to present the food alongside other stimuli. And uh, his first stimulus that he presented was a metronome. And he would later call these the stimulus a neutral stimulus. It provides no behavior. So you think about it critically. Uh, the sound of a metronome is not going to produce any 
sort of behavior in the context of food. So he started pairing the the metronome and the food together at the same time. And uh, after many trials like this, Pavlov introduced other neutral stimuli like lights and different sounds like a bell. And, and that's how we really learn about Pavlov was the bell alongside the food. And all of these had the same result. And after these trials, the neutral stimulus would later become what he called a conditioned stimulus that led to a conditioned response. You know, Pavlov wrote in his notes, quote, a stimulus which was neutral in and of itself had been superimposed upon the action of the inborn elementary reflex. So what does that mean? He said that the, a, a, a neutral stimulus later changed into a conditioned stimulus when they were paired at the same time. So after this research, he, he sort of came up with a, I would call it like a formula. And we're going to break down um, this quote-unquote formula into its basic components. Before the pairing, you have uh, different stimuli or responses. So the first one is a neutral stimulus. Remember, that, that's the bell. And it has really... It doesn't elicit any response in the context of the behavior, what you're doing. So again, a bell in the context of just dogs eating or dogs seeing food, are not, it's not going to elicit any sort of response to the dog. We also have an unconditioned stimulus. So this is a stimulus that can trigger a behavior. So think about the food. That is a, a natural trigger that dogs don't have to learn that it's natural to them. So from the unconditioned stimulus, you have the unconditioned response. And this is the behavior after the unconditioned stimulus. So following down the example of dogs and food and salivating, salivation would be the unconditioned response. Um, again, dogs don't have to learn how to salivate to food, they just do it. And let, let's put this in human context. So um, you, see a nice warm chocolate cake in front of you and you start uh, salivating yourself and growling no one had to teach you that no one had to say this is how you hunger for food it's natural so that's why we would consider that an unconditioned response so at this time the unconditioned stimulus which is the food in pavlov's case is paired to the unconditioned response of salivating and during this time uh, they start introducing the neutral stimulus, which is the bell. So next we come to the during conditioning part. And during the conditioning, um, there are repeated pairings of the neutral stimulus and the unconditioned stimulus. So with Pavlov, he introduced the food at the same time as the bell. And then the dog started making an association between the two. After these repeated pairings, the neutral stimulus now becomes a conditioned stimulus, and so it switches. And then the there is a conditioned response, which was previously the unconditioned response. Uh, this is because the presentation of the conditioned stimulus can elicit the conditioned response without the unconditioned stimulus even there. 
So in the Pavlov's dog's examples, the bell becomes the condition stimulus resulting of the dogs salivating because of the bell being rung. Let's put this into a cultural relevant example. So if you've seen The Office, which I love The Office, uh, then you know this example really well. So in this show, Jim conditions Dwight to ask for a mint every time his computer chimes. So let's put this into our sort of before conditioning, during conditioning, after conditioning thought process. So before conditioning, the unconditioned stimulus was Jim offering a mint to Dwight. The unconditioned response was Dwight reaching out his hand and asking for it. And then the neutral stimulus is the computer chime. So it, it helps to work from this backwards. So the unconditioned response of Dwight reaching out his hand um, from the stimulus of Jim offering him it is, is technically taught, but it's not uh, conditioned. You know, um, when someone asks you for something, you have a response to that. And the neutral stimulus of the computer chime in the context of offering a mint has nothing to do with the response or the stimulus. It's just, it's neutral. So during the conditioning, Jim pairs this several of times. It, it looks like weeks or months that he's pairing the computer chime to him asking Dwight if he wants a mint for then to Dwight, you know, reaching out his hand and asking for a mint. And that, that's done, so Dwight is now making an association between the, the computer chime and getting a mint. And if you've seen The Office, you know the, the funny part of this. The, the, after the conditioning was done, Jim was able to just do the computer tone, and, and Dwight immediately puts out his hand for a mint. So Jim took away that unconditioned stimulus of offering it and just did the computer tone, and that's what makes it funny. So before we move on, it's important to know some other sort of lingo with classical conditioning. So the first one is extinction. So let's say that you have withdrawn the unconditioned stimulus. Um, let's use Pavlov for example. Uh, you, you remove the presentation of the food and just kept playing the bell over and over. Eventually the salivation is going to go away because the unconditioned stimulus is not uh, there anymore. Next we have generalization. Now this is when you have the same response to similar stimuli. So let's say with Pavlov's dogs that um, instead of using a bell, just like a regular bell, Pavlov used a doorbell. And if th the dogs generalized the stimulus of the bell, then they would have salivated to a doorbell as well. So it's, it's, using, it's having the same response, but just a different stimuli. Finally, we have discrimination. So this is being able to differentiate the differences of stimuli. So let's say with Dwight, um, the conditioning was done and um, the, the unconditioned stimulus was paired effectively with the neutral stimulus and all that. And let's say that Dwight hears a phone. If Dwight has discriminated between the stimuli, then hearing the phone won't elicit that response of reaching out his hand for a mint. What makes classical conditioning so important in counseling? We use this to understand 
fully food aversions and drug cues. So what do I mean? In the case of Joe, you know, remember Joe back in episode one, he had a problem with alcohol and he overused it to because of his depression. So let's say that Joe has been discussing in one session that he feels a deep-rooted desire to drink when he drives home, even though he wants to stop drinking excessively. And he talks about how he is trying to quit, but always feels the need to, to drink alcohol when he passes his old bar on the way home. Well, let's break this down. So the unconditioned stimulus in Joe's case is feeling depressed. He, he feels depressed and the unconditioned response to that is drinking alcohol. Now you can argue that that in and of itself is conditioned. And I would totally agree with you that, that his drinking because he is feeling depressed is conditioning as well. But in this example, that's already solidified and it's actually being kept up with this next conditioning process. Next, we have the neutral stimulus, which is the bar. Now, this is just the building. And if you just take a step back, the building itself shouldn't elicit any response. It's a building. But Joe is conditioned to see the bar and feel some sort of way. And that is because the bar has changed into a conditioned stimulus. So after repeated pairings of this, after him going, passing the bar over and over and over, he then turns that neutral, neutral stimulus into a conditioned stimulus while pairing the unconditioned stimulus of feeling depressed uh, with that neutral stimulus, which was passing his bar. And then the conditioned response is wanting to drink excessively. And after the conditioning, we know that the conditioned stimulus of passing his old bar results in now the conditioned response of wanting to drink excessively. So what are the counselor's recommendations? Well, first I would suggest that he changes his route. Um, we would call this a drug cue where just seeing some old either drug paraphernalia or um, places where they would use the drug is really um, affecting their response and it's a conditioned response. But also uh, we would want to change that unconditioned stimulus of feeling depressed. We would talk about it. We would talk about depression and what does that result in? Well, that results in extinction. By eliminating those two things, the conditioned response of wanting to drink excessively will go down. And this is backed by science, which is so cool. And this is why I love conditioning. there you go we have a short simple and straight to the point episode uh i'll try to do a little bit more of these because recording 30 to 40 minute episodes is a lot of work and i'm getting down to the crunch time for my test so uh, i hope you enjoyed that if i got something wrong please let me know uh, I'm, I'm learning uh, i'm trying to grow in my knowledge of psychology and if i got something right or something that interests you please reach out to me i'm i love to talk about psychology so you can message me directly at tiger student on instagram so until next time study hard Thank you.